Hello, I'm Donnie Clinton, Director of Student Ministry and Media at West Hills Church, located in the heart of West County in beautiful St. Louis, Missouri. I'm also the host of the Going Deeper podcast at West Hills Church, where we take a few minutes to dive deep into last week's sermon or an interesting topic in the life of West Hills Church. West Hills is a gospel-centered church that glorifies God by living in authentic Christian community with one another, growing in spiritual maturity as disciples of Christ, and serving the world missionally with the love of Jesus. West Hills meets at 10.30 a.m. for worship on Sunday mornings. See, now it's awkward because it's recording, and we're just going to begin having a normal conversation. So today we are kicking off the first episode of the Going Deeper podcast with West Hills, and I'm hanging out with Pastor Will Duvall to talk about this first week in the book of Mark. What's so, up, Donnie? What's up, Will? Great to be with you. <laughs> Great to be with you. Is it weird? <laughs> it's like it's a little weird. Of, like, if we're, if we would just normally have an authentic conversation, but now it's just being recorded. Now we're going to pretend and reproduce <laughs> it in front of the whole <laughs> church. Yeah, that there's not like four people listening to this exactly, podcast. Exactly, yeah. Okay, so Pastor Will, we just dove into our first week in the Gospel of Mark. How did it feel? How how was it for you? It felt great. And before we even get into Mark, I've got a question for you. Can I turn the tables back on you this, <laughs> yep, this early? So I, I want you to spend just a couple minutes introducing the idea of a podcast in general for some of our listeners. What this this could potentially be someone's first podcast they're ever listening to. Yeah. So why why a podcast? <laughs> why why are we spending our our valuable hours oh, in the hours a week on yeah. this? Yeah. Um. Well, when I, when I came on as a staff member at West Hills Church, one of the ideas I had and I presented to the elders and to the staff was that um, I think churches should really get involved with podcasts. So just some quick some numbers, 64% of Americans have heard about podcasts, 44% of them have listened to one in the past month, and in the past year, 14% of just women have started listening to podcasts more often. So just like this quantitative amount of people who have listen to these like um those are over 500,000 active shows with over 18.5 million like visitors and West Hills I think would be unwise to get on that board and also this is a very passive way for you to think about God and what he's doing in 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 your life so as you go somewhere you can just turn on the West Hills going deeper podcast and think well what was the sermon about and what are they going deeper on this week and what are we going to talk about and just a way for you to get to know your church better, get to know your pastors better, and and also think about what the Lord has called you to in, in living out an authentic Christian lifestyle and not just filling up your Christian tank on Sunday mornings and going out. So this is a way for you to get more involved with what the church is doing and also um, kind of get to know some people who work at your church where you might only see them once a week. You're going to hear from them more often. So that was the idea behind the Going Deeper podcast, going deeper into the sermons, going deeper into the lives of, of West Hills Church. But now I got, I'm going to turn it back to you now. This is like your, your first sermon as our head pastor, senior pastor. How did it feel? What was it? What is your, like two weeks in, how's it yeah, going? Two weeks, it's going well. Well, and I, I want to just quickly follow up and thank you for the idea. I felt kind of stupid that we haven't been doing podcasts all along. Once you, I was immediately immediately sold on the vision. I think it's a wonderful way for us to yeah, encourage our people, model for our people the kind of deeper engagement throughout the week, application, um, 
implementation of what we're studying on Sundays that we want to see from them. So I, th- I think it's going to be wonderful. As far as, you know, for me, first week, um, first two weeks, I guess now, into the pastoral ministry, um, I feel like I'm finally setting, settling down. I, I'll be honest, uh, for the first week, even leading up to the installation, which was interesting um, because, of course, we had Brian Moak from Converge Mid-America come down and officiate the... Shout out to Brian. We'll send this to him. <laughs> shout out to Brian. Um, yeah, it, which was so so wonderful to have him do the installation service for us. But I, I was barely involved in that service. You know, I, we, we did some pastoral and congregational vows, but um, for some reason, I, I, I averaged like three hours of sleep every night that week oh, really? leading up to that. Oh yeah. Dang. Like my first official week on the job. And I think it was just sort of, um, feeling the weight of the different level of responsibility of like, even like you, you know, that was your first kind of week on staff under me reporting to me, whatever. And it was, yeah. it was kind of just like, okay, there, there are people whose livelihoods depend on me now a little yeah. bit. You know, like if this thing goes south, it's, it's, on, largely your fault. it's on me in a different kind of way. I got bills to pay, way. man. I got yeah. bills to pay. Yeah, so I think just um, feeling the weight of that and re- reckoning with that was a big thing. But I feel like I finally, yeah, started to just kind of settle down, um, took some melatonin, uh, got, got a couple nights yeah. sleep, and now I'm, I'm back on schedule. And You also got to relax. We got to relax at the staff. Just this yeah. weekend and hang out a little bit. Kind Staff of be barbecue, casual. yeah, but yeah, dude, some yeah. Bur- burgers and barbecues. That was fun, and so yeah, just kind of settling into it. I, I think it's good to get the first sermon as lead pastor under my belt, and yeah. Uh, yeah just so what is it like as this is your, this is Will's first senior pastor job. Yep, I want to say that, and so, and so he's been given this great church. Gary was a great leader. Um, Gary's our former senior pastor, and he has a. The working staff, by all by all metrics, we seem to be, be growing well. We're a healthy people. We're we're learning each other well. Um, what are you most excited about? Like, definitely leading, but like, yeah. uh, definitely leading people to Jesus, all that stuff. But like, if if that's all obviously the top of the list, yeah. what is the thing where it's like I'm excited to do this? Yeah. Well, I I think truly the the teaching and preaching of Scripture, um, and I know that's. The answer that you would hope for, maybe, and expect from you know, your lead teaching pastor, um, but I genuinely have, to no credit of my own, by the grace of God, I feel like God has just given me a love for His Word in a different kind of way. Um, even just in the last year, year and a half now of um, interviewing, candidating for this job, um, I've just. Yeah, I feel like I've truly fallen in love with God's Word in a new way. Um, yeah, I, I love the chance. I love our staff meetings. I love connecting with y'all and leading, managing. I, I love um, you know talking on the phone, connecting with um, our, our our church members, families throughout the week, and following up on prayer requests, and you know, and just talking and going deeper in relationships and leading life group. All the other things that go into pastoral ministry that. I've just scratched the surface on, but I really feel like as much as anything that, that, you know, Thursday and Fridays in in the office and especially Fridays when I'm in here by myself and and just carving out time to sit with God's word and um, outline and and research and read commentaries and pray and jot down notes and, and just spend time with him is really sweet to me. And then 
the privilege to be able to take that and turn that into a Sunday morning experience and, and let that flow into passion for, um, yeah, just, just, just sharing what I feel like God's putting on my heart. It's, it's, um, I feel very blessed to, to be doing, um, what I'm doing. I'm excited, like I said, just to settle into the rhythm of it. And, um, I'm sure that one day it will feel, <laughs> I'm sure there Some will be, yes, yeah. there will be weeks when I'll be like, oh my gosh, it's every Sunday. But, but I, it's hard to yeah. imagine now. It's just, it's, it's, it's very. That very reminds me, in one of, in one of Gary's sermons before he left, he says like, you're going to get, you're going to get tired if you're striving for your own glory. And, and, and this is kind of, you're, you're speaking to what he said. It's like, if you're, if you're preaching for your own, if you're preaching Christ for your glory, you're not going to have a good time in ministry yeah. and you're going to have to answer uh, to God and judge. Um, but you're just saying like, this is, is your preaching is a natural outpouring of the yeah. love that God has instilled in you to just go and go and do this thing. Yeah. Just like in youth ministry, it's a natural outpouring of the devotion that I already have to the Lord. Like this is the logical next step. So yeah. as pastors, it's just like, it's important for us to go to God's word and be, be fed there. But it's also just as, as anybody in the church, it's important to go to God's word and be fed there in prayer and in, in scripture reading, which is exactly the impetus for why we started our, our new series. It is. Uh, and and I week. just want to do one quick follow up on that, too. I, you know, people have a few people of y'all have asked me now, still is like, what are what are your goals? What do you what do you hope for as pastor? And I, I'm sure I have others somewhere in the back of my mind. Um, I. I, I I'm trying not to consciously have any sort of numerical goals about how many people and this and that and growing the church. I mean, I, I genuinely feel, as Gary I know did, that um, if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing faithfully, um, that God is going to grow his own church, um, and Christ promised that. Mm-hmm. But I think the one goal that I will point to is <laughs> I, I want, because of this love for God's Word, I want to preach through the entire Bible. In my in my ministry as a, a, a preaching uh, pastor, I mm-hmm. at some point um, would like to to, to preach through every all sixty six um, and cover it. So we're starting with six months here in Mark, and I was actually doing the math um, just the other day. I was wa- walking the dog and extrapolating from that. It should take us roughly, you know, just under three years to do it, at that pace of sixteen chapters in six months. Um, it should take us just under three years to do the four Gospels, which constitute almost half of the New Testament. So theoretically, we, but we, we could do the New Testament in about seven or eight years. Now, I think that you spend more time probably on the epistles. They're really dense. They're, you know, yeah. not that the Gospels aren't. But then you think about the Old Testament. You're doing the Old... 70% of the Bible. <laughs> 70% of the Bible is the Old Testament. And yet, you know, you're probably not going to cover every single verse of Leviticus and Numbers. Sure. But but anyways, that I mean just I hope that that gives our people a, a sense of my my heart and my passion is like I, I just yeah. want to I want to dig into scripture with mm-hmm. with y'all. So. And and as issues come up in the church, it's God's sovereignty that aligns us to talk about certain issues when yeah. we need to talk about certain issues. Right. But just so he wants to preach through the whole every book of the Bible it's ambitious. Um, which is what an expository uh, preacher and pastor should do, which is why uh, this past Sunday we started our Rooted series, Rooted right. in the Gospel of Mark, Rooted in, in God's Word. So just right. in, a, in a few minutes, like, why Mark? What made you decide on that? Why do you want to, why Rooted? Why even call it Rooted? 
yeah, so just take a, take a few minutes to explain to us. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll throw out my sort of thinking and vision behind it, and you can hopefully um, uh, second me and tell Maybe, me why, yeah. why you think it's such a great idea, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. But uh, I, I felt like I, it was an interesting sort of experience of, um, I actually just this past week listened, speaking of podcast, um, to one of my favorite, uh, Nine Marks does a podcast called Pastor's Talk, and their topic from this past week was, how do you outline sermon series so not just sermons like a week-to-week sermon but how do you choose you know we don't use um, the lectionary here as a church like more high church um, traditions do where uh, they sort of you know on a three-year cycle are going to preach through most of scripture but they're still leaving out a lot when they use the lectionary but yeah a lectionary is just a calendar basically of church services that a lot of churches do together to make sure that their whole denomination is in line with one another and what they're hearing in the worship service and that they're pulling in the old testament regularly and a gospel and an epistle and and i think there's value but you know for us we, we um I think it's important for us to, to think through these these things and, you know, how, what kind of frequency do we want to do topical series versus expository and strictly, you know, preaching through books of the Bible. All that to say, I knew I wanted to start in Scripture. I knew I did not want to set the precedent or, or the tone of a topical series. Um, personally, I, I just thought, what better way than to start in a gospel? Um, you can't go wrong starting with Jesus, uh, an autobiography, um, so to speak, biography. And... You know, so I'm looking at the the four gospels, and and we have not preached through a gospel in my three and a half years at West Hills as associate pastor, and so I thought all the more reason to start with a gospel. So I'm looking at the four gospels, and um, you know, my my first thought was Matthew's too long, um, 28 chapters. I, I want to get some momentum and not be caught up in something for like two years. Yeah, and keep it kind of concise. <laughs> yeah, like, so that, all, I, you know, and, and John is so dense theologically that I, I, I kind of shied away from starting with one of those. So my first thought actually was Luke. And so I started, I actually had outlined all of the gospel of Luke and, and to, to do Luke um, and to, to do a similar idea that, that I rolled out on Sunday of starting with actually the Passion Holy Week and then ending with the infancy narratives um, in Luke 1 and 2 around Christmas time mm-hmm. and being able to, yeah. to end there in Advent. And and the more I was looking at it and outlining it and, and trying to make it work, truthfully, I just could not squeeze 24 chapters of Luke into like these next eight months. And so um, Mark doesn't have the infancy stuff, the birth stuff. So we're going to have to figure out what we do at Advent when we get to, to the month of December. But um, but Mark did squeeze nicely into uh, March through November. And um, and so it was a little bit, truthfully, of a process of, of elimination. Yeah, of, and time management. Yeah, yeah. time management of, of ending on. But then the more I, I you know, going along with even our, our series title for it, the more I got to thinking about it, praying about it, the more I, I really liked that idea of, you know what, Mark really is, most most scholars think that Mark was the earliest written, uh, Mark, Mark and Priority, I don't know, I'd be curious to get your, in seminary now, so I, yeah. I'll, I'll get your perspective <laughs> on that in a, in a minute, but, sure. you know, if, if Mark was, you know, perhaps the first written, um, and, and maybe even a source that, that Matthew and Luke used, and, um, you know, in some ways, this was, you know, some of the earliest 
biography written about Jesus, what better place to, uh, to start and to root us, again, rooted in yeah, the gospel and in just the bare facts, you know, of, of who Jesus is and was. And, um, you know, we can interpret it as we go through. So, yeah, what, what, I'm yeah. curious, though, to kick that back to you, mm-hmm. the idea of was, was Mark, was Mark the, yeah, you, yeah. Th- you think so, Mark was the first? So Will mentioned something called Mark in priority. There's a, there's a stream of thinking within biblical academia that says that the gospel of Mark is probably the most borrowed gospel in the authorship of the other gospels, that um, the authors of Matthew, Luke, and John probably were reading Mark as they were writing their own gospels. Even if you got into the Greek, you'd find that they're even sharing similar Greek language. I had to do that for my gospels class yep. this semester. Um, but I, I would say there's, there is a lot of evidence to suggest that Mark was the first gospel, mm-hmm. um, but also that there's a, a lot of evidence to suggest that they're being shared around by multiple authors as yep. well. But that conservative evangelical academia would, would recommend that a mark and priority kind of kind of does take place in some instances, or at least that it is a, a provable idea, um, but that there are enough differences in the Gospels as well to show that each author is writing with some kind of theological intent, but still wholly historically accurate of yeah. who this Jesus person is. So while I while I would say that Mark does seem to have come first and has a different intent than Luke and John and Matthew, that they are all keeping with how people in their time viewed history and that they're all entirely historically accurate uh, of who Jesus is, which is really, really cool. Well, and I will just add one thing to that. So I, in my research um, this past week for background context for Mark, um, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of John MacArthur. Don't agree with him 100% on everything, but uh, in his in his commentary on Mark, um, he 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 actually doesn't believe Mark was the first written, um, and he makes a six point argument for why he thinks Matthew was the first. And um, I got to tell you, man, I think it was it was pretty convincing. Like I'm not. <laughs> I, I don't know. And, and at the end of the day, truthfully, it doesn't matter that much to me. But one of the points that he makes that I thought was really interesting, and again, we could go deeper just on this topic, but we probably have to leave it here. But it is this idea that one of the biggest reasons that, that scholars, you know, for something like 18 centuries of church history, people just assume that Matthew is written first. It was It's the first one listed, can't canonically of course but um yeah it i i think that the the big push to even question that came with sort of um source criticism um in the in the 19th century and the 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 rise of the historical critical sort of study of the text and this idea that source criticism being like trying to understand where and when these uh, sources these yeah. gospels were written about yeah. Jesus, and, and and the idea is, you know, typically in the stories, you know, we're talking about the synoptics seen together. Um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke share something like seventy or eighty percent of their stories are kind of shared. Of those, Mark omits the most, and so the idea is, well, Matthew and Luke probably had Mark at their disposal when they're writing. They include most of what Mark has, and then they add some of their own. 
if Mark had been written later and he had known about Matthew or Luke, like why would he have omitted that stuff? I, I think that one of the, th- the points that MacArthur makes, again, we'll probably have to leave it here, is just this idea that, you know, the, the very idea of source criticism sort of assumes um, that there's not a Holy Spirit inspiring all, all three of these authors that yeah. they could theoretically like um, have actually been talking about the same stories and even use the same language for them, even verbatim, without necessarily having to copy one another. Um, or share text. Yeah, or yeah, share the possibly. text. Yeah, I mean, if... And again, we know that God can use ordinary means or supernatural means to inspire um, and, 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 to, and to shape his word. But um, I just thought it was an interesting point because, again, don't have time to go into it, but you're at an evangelical you know, seminary in Covenant. My background with studying... studying <laughs> Vanderbilt. All, yeah, studying all this stuff at Vanderbilt was... We, we just assumed that there was no Holy Spirit, no inspiration. Right. And so in order for any of this to have arisen the way that it did, you, you just sort of take God out of the equation sure. and then you try and trace it back. Okay, how must this have happened? Yeah. And Vanderbilt um, uh, Seminary in Nashville, yep. correct, is, I wouldn't say famously liberal, but I would say has Close. has liberal scholars coming out of it who are who are respectable and who do argue well as well. Yeah. Um, but just that Will and I would agree that evangelical scholardom has been most true to scripture, just like sure. they would argue yeah. Yeah. liberal scholardom has been most true to scripture. Sure. But we, we could spend all the time in the world talking right. about the Gospels, but this is the whole point of this podcast is we're going to go deeper on on something, basically something I want to talk about. Yep. <laughs> and You set the agenda. Um, I set the agenda for this. Um, and I'm, I'm most intrigued by the by the woman who, who goes to the feet of Jesus, Mary, Luke clarifies, and mm-hmm. Matthew clarifies. Um, and pours out this John this actually yeah, and John, John is oh, yeah, John, John, chapter 12. John clarifies yeah Luke's is a different story so that's an important in, in Luke chapter 7 Luke's got a story of of similar you know woman a sinful woman we're told that, that anoints in the house of a Pharisee named Simon but we think that just based on time and place and, and similar story different it's a different, different anointing which okay. which isn't which isn't difficult to understand Doesn't because make, yeah. yeah he he got anointed a lot this was a common cultural practice <laughs> yeah. at dinners in the first century you you anoint important people yep, sure so but but you mentioned like that she would give up this perfume and it and it would be a tremendous amount of money two hundred some would say six hundred dollars like an amount of perfume. Uh, no, we're thinking forty thousand. So this oh. was yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the two hundred, oh, no. the two hundred <laughs> was very wrong. yeah, you're the the, the two hundred was the thirty pieces of silver Judas betrayed him oh, for. Yes, game. this this was um three hundred denarii. The denarius was um one one denarius was one day's wage for the common worker. So three hundred would be a, a you know lunar calendar, whatever. That'd be a year's worth of working plus you get a day off a week. So. Um, yeah, that's a, a year's worth of wages for a common laborer. So I'm, I'm equating that to, you know, adjusted for inflation today, um, you know, 20, 30, household. Yeah. 30, 30 to 40,000. Yeah. Dollars. Yeah. So that's a lot, a crazy yeah. amount of money, crazy amount of money all poured out on Jesus' yes. feet. And, and well, uh, you link that to worship. Like worship. what are you willing to give up to show Jesus how important yes. he is and, and the, and the thing that you said is like, what wouldn't you give up? What yeah. would you not give up? And then you said, 
that's how much you would praise Christ to be worth. And yeah. I was like, I really like my MacBook. Yeah. But <laughs> then like, is, is Jesus worth my MacBook? And yeah. it just caused me to take an inventory about that. But like, how about like, talk more about that. Like, yeah. what wouldn't you give up about this worship of Jesus and how this woman was worshiping Christ and pouring out $40,000 worth of perfume on his feet? Well, I, yeah, it's good. I, I think one way to... to to get at the question of, of worship and what Jesus is worth to us is obviously, like you said, what I, what I the angle I kind of took on Sunday is, what wouldn't you give up? You know, what what is the what is the uh, where is the line for you? You know, if 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 you if you wouldn't give up your family on one end, MacBook on the other, you know, there's there's a spectrum here, and everybody's going to fall somewhere. I think that's that's a question that's worth asking yourself ourselves and a- answering. Another way, though, to think about it, too, I think, um, which maybe, I, I think that way is helpful because it really is, you know, the woman is sacrificing something. You know, this is mm-hmm. um, another one of the commentaries I checked. I didn't use this in the sermon, but that made the point that, you know, this this um, this uh, perfume was probably a family heirloom that, this, that Mary inherited, um, you know, and that it was to be used... Uh, either at her wedding to be given away to her husband as part of her dowry mm-hmm. or at her burial um, when she died if you know if the wedding thing and, and husband thing didn't pan out so like that those were the, the two occasions this was reserved for and and so you get a sense you know wedding death for how important this was so I think the idea of sacrifice, she sacrificed something very valuable, all she had. I mean, Jesus says she did all she could, is important. I think another way, though, for us to think about it, though, because I think a lot of times we can digress into sort of hypotheticals and it becomes just sort of this abstract exercise of, I don't know, would I give up my children? You know, but is Jesus really walking around asking us to sell everything and give to the poor anymore today? I mean, maybe, like, the Holy Spirit convicts us in that way and, and, and leads yeah. to that. But I think more often than not, the question becomes, like, not what wouldn't you give up for him, but just what could you give up for him practically? Like, like what could you, and maybe not even what could you give up, but, like, what could you do? What If worship is, again, literally assigning worth, ascribing worth to, to, to Jesus and saying you are worthy, um, sometimes that sacrifice, but you know, what does it mean, look like to worship Jesus right now from you know your office that you're procrastinating at by listening to this podcast instead? <laughs> what does it look like to, to worship Jesus as an accountant at 2.30 on a Wednesday afternoon um, uh, and, uh, across the street? Or, you know, those, those are the kinds of questions I think that maybe are more practical and relevant for our people, for our church. Sure, for, yeah, to think like... For West Hills and the church at large, yeah, too. There's a, yeah. there's, a, there's a famous... I think it's Martin Luther. I'm not, I don't want to be quoted on this. I have been wrong before. But um, I've heard that Martin Luther said this. He says the Christian shoemaker doesn't put crosses on shoes. He just makes really good shoes. Good. It's it's it seems like the disposition in the Christian life should be that I'm gonna do everything as much as I can very well. Yeah. Because As unto God, the Lord. Yeah, as unto the Lord. And yeah. that God is a creator and he produces things that are that are good and, and being made in the image of God means that I, I have the capacity to take what God has already created and then like 
replicate in some way, being a small, yeah. like in creating those things, like yeah. creating good atmospheres for my family and friends to come in. Yeah. I want to backtrack to something you, you mentioned. Um, you said the woman's, the, the perfume was either at the funeral mm-hmm. or, or a dowry. Mm-hmm. So, it, and I assume this woman would have, like, this is what this is for. So in, in taking in taking this and pouring it out on Christ's feet, it's like it's almost like symbolizing both of them. Like I'm mm. my, my marriage to Christ oh, and my good. death to myself. Yeah. And like this is this is where that both of that meets. Yeah. And it's like right at Christ. Like marriage, because I'm part of the church, but I also die. Galatians two twenty says, I no longer live, Christ lives in me. Right. Like it seems like this like really poetic moment, if this is true, that she's like this is where I die, and this is where I get married all at the same time. That's good, man. See, this is why we need to do, like, co-preaching. Like every, <laughs> I should run my sermon by you He's because, dumped. yeah, you know, yeah, I, I absolutely, I, that never occurred to me, but it's that's that's beautiful. I absolutely would have even wrapped that into the sermon. Um, no, that's 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 great. Well, and to go back to the other, I, I think, yeah, we could, again, we'll, we'll have to have a whole podcast at some point on the uh theology of work and, um, you know, going deeper on just a theology of work, because I think that to me is, is so huge. We need to, you know, if, 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 if our job as, as pastors, as ministers at the church is to equip the saints for the work of ministry, I think, I think there's no question that the, the most available and most under probably utilized in a lot of ways, mission field, um, for our people that we're dealing with on a, a week and week basis here at church is eight to five Monday through Friday. You know, it's, I mean, that's where you guys listening to this podcast are most of you, a lot of you are spending most of your waking hours. Um, yeah. We're lucky that we get to do the gospel as our job. Yeah. Like I'm lucky that that's the case. Right. But like I'm also a barista at a coffee right. shop. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's like, how am I taking, how am I taking in the gospel to places? Um, that need it. Like, how am I taking it? How am I taking the gospel to Maplewood, the town in St. Louis? Or yeah. it's like, how am I taking the gospel to my accounting firm? And and, and understanding that that missional living yeah. is is what Will and I are saying. That is worship. That's worship. Like, because I'm fully convinced that my 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 life needs to be like enveloped by living for this person. And a question that I use yeah. as a metric sometimes is like, is this place better for for the Lord? Because um. I'm alive in the Holy Spirit and I'm a here. That's good. Like are are my are the people around me better because I love Jesus and am I am I living with that urgency? Like yeah. that I would pour out my, my forty thousand yeah. dollar stuff on this on this Jewish rabbi's feet. Yeah. Like is that the kind of urgency I'm living with? And I if I were honest I'd say probably not most often. Yeah. But like we're gonna we're about thirty minutes in, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up with Let's just we'll what is one practical application? How can I be a better worshiper of Jesus um, in my daily life? I think you start with prayer. Um, you start by asking the Lord to reveal that to you. I mean, we can sit here right now and make a list of the 10 things I'm going to do for Jesus this week, and it'll end up being like New Year's resolutions that yeah. we probably don't, you know, we make and we don't follow through on because. No, I, I think I think we want to ask the Lord to reveal to us, you know, what are the areas where I'm not assigning you worth um, or the kind of worth that I should be. Where, where are the areas um, that, yeah, maybe He is challenging challenging us to give something. Something else has got to go in order to be replaced by 
more of him or time with him, or maybe it is just having a different view of a way that you're already spending your time with your family, with your, yeah. at your work, um, in your neighborhood, like being, yeah, being intentionally missional. So yeah. that's, I think it starts with prayer and asking God to reveal that. Yeah. Well, well, thank you for your time this week. Um, and thank you, listener, for joining us on this first ever episode of Going uh, Deeper at West Hills Church. Just be on the lookout. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from on SoundCloud. They're probably going to be up there. If not, just email me, Donnie Clinton at westhillsstl.org. And thank you for stopping by. Thank you, Donnie.